NFL.com's Chad Reuter dropped his mock draft 2.0. What were the best picks, the worst picks, and the surprise or sleepers? We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout with the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And this Mock Draft Monday, we got to talk about championship things on this podcast like we always do with my boy, Keith Sanchez. You can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. Yes, sir. Locked on family. What's going on? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network. Man, and like DP says, 2019 national champ. Yes, LSU Tigers. Best college football team ever graced the football field, man. In my humble opinion, I must say. <laughs> But DP, you know why we're here, man. We're here to bring championship-level content to the NFL draft. But DP, it's Mock Draft Monday, man. And we have a special Mock Draft from our guy, Chad Ruder, over at NFL Network, NFL.com, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he has quite a few trades. It, it, this has probably the wildest Mock Draft I have ever um, placed my eyes on. But DP, <laughs> let's, um, let's, let's jump into it, man. <laughs> it's definitely a uh, it's definitely a wild one, Keith. But before that, uh, this episode is uh, sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self discovery from from wherever you are on your on your couch, wherever. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get ten percent off your first month. Keith, you know how we like to do it. We started off with the good news, Keith. This is a wild mock. What's your best pick out of this wild four-round mock from Chad Reuter? Yeah, okay, so I'm going to go right down to Tampa Bay, man. It used to be Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay now. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom Brady retired because they couldn't protect him. Um, right now they have a battle between what Baker Mayfield and who is it? Blaine? Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. Tr- Kyle Trask. That's a hell of a battle, right? Um, so if you want any type of productivity out of those two quarterbacks, man, you have to protect them, and he has – um, Broderick Jones, Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I really like. You have Tristan Wirfs on the right side. Now you slide Broderick Jones on the left side, which I mean, you know, DP, we talked about the Ike McQuanu comp, right? With um, with Broderick Jones and mm-hmm. I don't mind a Tristan Wirfs-esque type comp, right? When you're talking about mm-hmm. guys that people wonder like, hey, are these guys just, you know, straight maulers, right, in the run game? Um, but these guys, these are dancing bears. These They have good feet. Their finishers uh, should be plug and play guys. And obviously, everyone who's been listening to this podcast knows that I'm extremely high on Broderick Jones, man. I think he's old tackle one. I really like what he does, um, you know, just in the run game, but then also in pass protection, there's room to grow. But I think he plays at a high level now. So this was this was probably my my favorite pick that I've seen in the first round. 
Now I, I'm with you, kid. I like this pick um, simply because, like you said, being able to look at from a quarterback standpoint, even a running back standpoint, Rashad White in the backfield, no Leonard Fournette anymore. Having a Tristan Worse at the right tackle, and now Broderick Jones at the left, you have yourself two physical, athletically gifted. Um, just talented movers at the tackle position. Two booking young guys, too, Keith, where then those interior guys can work together. But, Keith, for me, I'm going to stay inside the top 10, baby. I'm going down to Chi-Town. I'm talking about those Chicago Bears getting Jalen Carter, Keith, for the Chicago Bears to move from one, right? Where when they move from one, you know, and not even at the time, but if you asked us, what, a month and a half ago prior to the combine, if anybody saw a mock with Jalen Carter falling to nine, they'd be like, bro, <laughs> you out of touch. You're not really tapped in. You're not tapped in. But because of all the stuff that kind of surrounded Jalen Carter, to have him fall to nine, right, to move from one, get next year's first and all the stuff they did, and they still get one of the blue chip players that will make an immediate big-time impact to their interior defensive line. Man, Keith, this is big. I, I, I love what this could do for that defense, right? They have a young, they got some young pieces uh, at the edge rusher position, drafted a corner last year as well, and a, a safety last year in Jaquan Brisker, right? Him and Kyle, Kyler Gordon, two young, uh, good ball players in the secondary, but they got to continue to improve that, that front four, improve that pass rush. And right now, we all know dealing with the, the offensive line in Detroit, and then, of course, getting to Kirk Cousins as long as he's still there in Minnesota. Right, the, t- the guy who's actually at the top of the the division right now. I think Jalen Carter getting a blue chip player, one of the best, if not the best player in the draft at nine. Man, that's big. Yeah, no, nah, I like this pick too, DP. And you know, you think about the Chicago Bears and obviously them being well, them having to um, you know want to go offense, right? Basically, but you know they want to go offense to continue to surround players around Justin Fields. But when you have a player like Jalen Carter, one of the three blue chip prospects in this draft sitting there right that's a, that's one of those situations where you just can't pass up on right you're like look justin we know we told you we're going to surround you with some stuff just hold on big dog you know what i'm saying <laughs> like this guy's a difference maker on a different on a um, on a defensive side of the field so i agree with you dp i, I really like this pick um I, I think it it fits right when you think about the chicago bears you think tough you think you know nasty you think cold weather you think right. playing defense um and that's everything Jalen Carter brings you think about that mentality that grit um that you see Jalen Carter play with and then you think about the history of the Chicago Bears I, I think it's a it's a perfect marriage right it's one of those things that you know both entities on uh, either side they complement each other and it seems like a, a, a perfect fit no, 100%, Keith, and just bringing that, like you said, bring that attitude, right? And I believe the saying, make sure, you know, you correct me if I'm wrong, that the, the old term was the Monsters of the Midway was for the Chicago Bears defense, you know, back yeah. in their prime time. So it's like getting that defense back up to speed, man, and then, you you know, trading away was like last offseason, trading away a, a Khalil Mack, right? And then that trade, Keith, you lost your best defensive player, an impact player on the defensive line that we saw have a big impact for the Los Angeles Chargers last year, right? Well, now you need to go ahead and get you another impact player. And the Jalen Carter can also, those young edge rushers that you have, right, Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson, who's still who's a developmental prospect, those guys on the edges, they'll see a little more one-on-one type of coverages with Jalen Carter on the interior, as well as you improve the defensive sec, the second level of the defense, right? Remember in free agency, they got TJ Edwards 
and Tremaine Edmonds, um, you know, uh, Edwards from the from the Eagles at linebacker, and Edmonds from um, the Buffalo Bills to play linebacker. So they got some speed, some some sideline to sideline range, and guys that can make plays in the run game and tackle. And if you got a guy like Jalen Carter that's going to kind of acquire double teams and, and no center guard type of attention, that allows you to blitz those guys, delay blitzes, diff- mug the A-gaps with two guys sitting in the A-gaps and show that double A-gap blitz, Keith. You can get kind of creative with, with this new athleticism uh, uh, for this defensive front, man, which is something it really something that the Bears really needed. And like I said, at the end of the day, you, you still got DJ Moore as, as your wide receiver one, essentially, for, for Fields. So Fields will still be happy, but getting the Jalen Carter big dog, that changes some things in your defense. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, you hit on all the points, man, and I think those are valid points. And reason why, this was one of the better picks in this mock draft. But DP, you know how we do, baby. We go we go best picks, you know what I'm saying? And then we got to swing the pendulum. We have to go on the other side, man. We have to swing that pendulum. And now we have to get a little critical of our guy, man. And we're going to go the worst picks, man. Picks that when we seen, we was like, what are we doing? So uh, coming up next, man, we're about to get into the worst picks. The picks that maybe don't make that much sense to us um, in this mock draft. Today's episode is brought to you by Better Help. And guys, mental health is so important. And having someone that you can learn something new about yourself from, uh, you know, that life experience, how did things change in your life? You need that. You need someone that can help you. That's that's good at helping you learn who you are uh, and, and, and that type of ability. I've worked in the mental health field in my past and I've even went to counseling myself. Therapy helps. And I guarantee you, you will not. I promise you, you won't regret it. Having someone that you can really talk to, someone that's unbiased, that won't really judge you at all. But you can just sit from the comfort of your own home wherever you are and have your meetings with them and talk with them one-on-one. And, and, and I can promise you guys, you it's so many benefits to it because they're going to help you be the best version of yourself and see what you need to do to take yourself to that next level. If you're down in the dump, if life is hitting you hard, they can help you talk through some things, get your feelings out and get through it. So discover your potential. Guys, I promise you, discover your potential with BetterHelp. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. The worst pick in Chad Reuter's Mach 2.0 with four rounds, Keith. What's the worst pick for you? What's the pick that you looked at you like, absolutely not? DP, I got two. Can I do oh, You two? got two. Can Double two dip. Go picks. ahead, brother. Is it possible to have two worst picks? Oh. Okay, let me start. Let me start. Let me start, man. I'm going to start with, I think it was pick number six, right? The Seattle Seahawks. Mm. Let me make sure I, I see the right number pick. There's no pick number five, I'm sorry. The Seattle Ooh, yeah, Seahawks yeah. drafting Joey Porter Jr. Um, with that pick. And this is multiple reasons. This is a layered reason, right? Like, like usually when we pick out picks, I try to be understanding, maybe possibility. But this is the thing. The Seattle Seahawks have had what? They've had great success drafting cornerbacks late in the draft, right? Richard Sherman, right, this cover-through scheme. They was able to get him in the fifth round, turn into an all-pro and probably potential Hall of Fame type of football player, right? Then last year, they drafted two cornerbacks. They drafted Tariq Willen, right, mm-hmm. in the fifth round once again, right? And this guy turned into an all-pro football player. Probably should have been defensive rookie of the year, but, you know, we give our credit to Sauls Gardner. Sorry, Jets fans, right? But then everybody <laughs> forgets about this. They drafted another rookie before they drafted 
Tariq Will, and they drafted Kobe Bryant, another long 6'1", 6'2", corner, 190 pounds, that has all the same attributes, right? Maybe just not the elite ball skills like a Tariq Willen, but a perfect complimentary number two. And it's almost like to the point of where you remember that they had, um, who was it? It was Richard Sherman on one side. And then I, I remember- Brandon Browner. Brandon Browner on the other side, right? And, and some other guys too. I forget the other, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I forget the other names. And it's, they drafted their corners already. So I think drafting Joey Porter, one, drafting them that high when you're the Seattle Seahawks, and you have a proven formula for finding guys later, especially in this cover three scheme, I think is one thing. And two, I just don't like I don't see the reason to have to um draft another corner because they have two corners already. So this was a twofold situation for me with the Seahawks. Now, DP, I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna move on real quick because I, I know you want to comment on it. I'm gonna oh, throw yeah, both of them at you. Good. Nola Smith to the Bills. Don't really care for it, man. We're gonna have a conversation. <laughs> I stopped it five down conversation about Nolan Smith, Georgia, outside linebacker slash edge rusher edge rusher. Um, but they still have Von Miller. I know you want pass rush and things like that, but they have other glaring needs outside of a, another edge rusher, right? Like they lost their linebacker, um, they need interior defensive line help. Um, you know, there, there are other things that they, they need another wide receiver, right? Quentin Johnston fell to the second round in this mock draft. That would have been a perfect pick, a perfect complimentary pick to um, to Stefan Diggs. So I just thought it was very bad timing, and it was not really necessarily addressing needs. No, Keith, uh, to, to hit your first point with the Seahawks, 100% agree with you. There's no need to take Joey Porter at six, right? Like, you, you, you're you fine that you have defensive linemen. And the fact that you let Jalen Carter slip right by you and you need a defensive tackle, you need defensive line help, and he's the best defensive lineman in the class, and you decide to take Joey Porter Jr. instead of Jalen Carter, that's that's a – I'm not going to say it's a fireable offense, but that's a really bad situation. That's a really bad decision. And, 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 yeah, the Nolan Smith one, this, when I saw it, I, my, my eyes, my eyebrows raised like I was the rock. Uh, and it wasn't just one eyebrow. It was both eyebrows, Keith, because I was shocked. I was like, Nolan Smith, like, why? <laughs> like, I don't understand the concept here, especially, like you said, they do need uh, linebacker, off-ball linebacker help. They need offensive line help, and they need wide receiver help. They got other needs because they still have Greg Russo. They still have A.J. Epinesa that, that they can – they still have guys that can get to the – they can still get to the pass rush. To the, to the passer, rather. So, uh, for me, yeah, I, I'm with you. Keith, I might as well keep the moniker as RB hater, even though I'm the RB guy. Uh, but it's not even that anything to do with Bijan. It's the fit. It's the, it's the landing spot. At number, was it 12? Yes. Yeah, At the 12th well. pick. I know where you're going with this. Chad had Bijan Robinson going to the Houston Texans. They have Damian Pierce. Who arguably could have been offensive rookie of the year if he didn't get hurt? Right. No. I, so, I, I, listen, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I and, and everyone who's been listening to this podcast as we've taken over, y'all have heard me defend Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs to the very end. Listen, I'm I'm probably their personal attorney, right? Like, <laughs> I go after man. I defend those guys. I say they're first round prospects all the time. This one is just simply not a fit, right? Like this one, like why would they double down on Bijan? When they have Damian Pierce, who is going to be a second-year running back, so now you're going to have a second-year running back and Bijan. Then it's like it's one of those things where I look at it like this, DP, where sometimes you you don't like sharing a rock, right? It, it, I think about it like this, like with the Miami Heat when they had to figure out, okay, we have LeBron and D Wade, 
You know what I'm saying? And it's one of those mm-hmm. things where it's like if one player has a ball in his hands, you're still wishing that the other player had the ball in his hands. So there's no balance to it, right? Because you're still trying to like, man, you gave it to Damian Pierce who he thinks is really good, but then Bijan, we're leaving him on the bench. Then if you give it to Bijan, then you're like, man, I wonder what Damian Pierce would have did on that run play, right? So it just, man, it, it creates an issue that I think is is, is unwarranted um, taking a running back with that pick having – the production that you've had out of Damian Pierce when you drafted him in the fourth round. Nah, I, I got one more too, Keith, and I, just to double dip as well. In the second round, he put Noah Sewell at the 48th pick to the Detroit Lions. And I like Noah Sewell, but I just recently watched this film. And, it, and the reason why I don't like this pick is because I don't know which version of Noah Sewell I'm getting. I don't know if I'm getting 2021, where he was – one of the best linebackers in the entire country, Keith, where he really popped on film and you saw that game-changing type of potential and play from him? Or do we get the 2022 version that looked like he was overweight, he didn't move as quick, he just wasn't the fluid, explosive, more explosive version of himself we saw in 2021. So for me, I'm like, all right, if I'm going to take a swing on Noah Sewell right now, it's probably going to be third round for me because that's why I graded him out as I graded him around the third in, in that third round range just off of the 2022 film because I don't know it's it's like Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde right you don't know who's going when you knock on that door Keith you don't know which one of these dudes going to show up and for me that's where I have my concerns is like I'm not trying to do that at in the second round let me get third round like you know because they got two first and I think two seconds so they can they can you know, if you can get him in the third is with your fourth pick in like the top 100, you're good. Or, you know what I mean? And, and, and I think that's probably the better situation. But when I saw it, I was like, man, because at the same time, like I was just looking around at it. It was just like, all right, you could have went a couple other different directions, especially corner. Julius Brents fell to the second round. You pick Noah Sewell over Julius Brents and corner is a big need for you. You can get yourself a potential. Brents could probably be your CB1 or CB1A to 1B with Jeff Okuda. And those two varying body body types and skill sets um, could really mesh together to allow you maximum uh, matchup fluidity and flexibility, Keith. So just looking at what else was on the board, tight end, Tucker Craft, Emmanuel Forbes was on the board. You know, I'm just like, oh, man, you really went Noah Sewell over these guys? I can't. Hey, I can't. This is not a damn stamp of approval. I can't do it. I can't, yeah, go, I can't do it. This is more of a predictive thing. We're thinking that, hey, you know, Panay Sewell is on the, right. you know, on the roster already. You know, they'll feel comfortable with drafting Good point. Noah Sewell. You know, they need linebacker help, right? But I agree. Like, this, this is, you know, in the still your phrase, right? This is probably too rich. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think this is way too high. For Noah Sewell, we went through the linebackers last week. Man, there are plenty of talented linebackers that are athletic that check all the boxes. So definitely, um, I question drafting Noah Sewell um, this high up in the draft. But DP, man, listen, man, we did best. We did worse. Now we have to do the surprise pick, DP. And, I, and I'm going to be honest, I probably had 10 surprises, right? Like this, this right. whole mock draft <laughs> was surprised. Like that, that's what this mock draft told me, man. So coming up next, man, we're going through and we're picking our surprise picks from this mock draft. 
The NBA playoffs starts this week, guys, and it's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers get a get up to, you, you can really step up and, and get you a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Guys, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get in on the action. I'm telling you right now, money line. Point spread, uh, you know, point scores, threes drain, all of it. And what's great is that they allow you to combine your bets at, for a same game parlay with the same game parlay and the chance to get a bigger payout. So all you have to do to, to don't miss your chance at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Sleepers, surprise, all of it, Keith. We're going to tap in right now. When you looked at this four-round mark, Keith, I went through all the picks, too. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything. What <laughs> what surprised you or what sleeper picks, uh, you know, did, did, did uh, you come really kind of eyeing yourself on? You're like, you know what? This was for me. Yeah, DP. So usually we do sleeper picks, right? Like, oh, the sleeper pick. But DP, we had to scratch that. We had to go surprise picks. This mock draft, we had to throw sleep out the window, and we had to go surprise picks. Surprise. It didn't take me long to be like, yeah, this is wild, man. The Minnesota Vikings going after Will Levis, man. I, I thought that that was a surprise move because you're talking about offloading Kirk Cousins. You're talking about a team that had, what, a really good year last year. They were number two in the NFC. Number, I think number two, right? They were number two. Seed. Yeah, I think so, yeah. The NFC, yeah, so they had a, a fairly productive year. Obviously, him and Justin Jefferson have chemistry. And then you bring in Will Levis, who we talk about as a quarterback that may need to sit just a little bit, right? And I know everybody wants to rush quarterbacks out there, but he may need to sit a little bit. And I think about this, drafting a Will Levis and Justin Jefferson, his production falls off a cliff. Now do you have a pissed off Justin Justin Jefferson who's talking about, man, trade me, get me up out of here? Because you're not going to move on from Will Levis after a year or two, right? Like you're going to want to see this thing through for a couple of years. And then now you're, you're in quarterback purgatory, right? But at least, you know, you're a superstar, you're all world. I mean, wide receiver is at least happy because Kirk Cousins could feed him. Now, if you get Will Levis and the chemistry is not there, then you can possibly have a disgruntled Justin Jefferson. And listen, those receivers are a lot more um, aware of situations. Like remember when Odell Beckham was, a, 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 I guess he was a, a throw-in for the Hall of Fame. Remember that? Like when he was playing with Eli Manning? Yes. He was a throw-in for the Hall of Fame. Then he got traded to Cleveland, right? Injuries and everything else. And then now we're wondering and we're questioning where Odell Beckham stands just as far as his career, right? He's trying to get his career back at 30 when everyone would have probably bet, you know, $10,000 that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So situation matters for receivers. And I think more now than ever, receivers care about their production to obviously care about, you know, just how they're viewed and the perspective of them and their talent. So they want quarterbacks to be able to get them the football. So I thought Will Levis, I thought this was an interesting pick, and they're going to have to give up draft capital to move up. Oh, yeah, because they're what, and they're, they're in the 20s. you moving yeah. from the 20s to the top 10. Like, you 100% are giving up some prim, premier and premium draft capital, Keith, for the future, for future years to get up that high. And like you said, at the end of the day, it's like, all right, that that situation could be kind of volatile because a lot of the talk, you know, as you know, is that you know Kyle Shanahan he has his you know he has his type, so he has his type of quarterback, and Kirk Cousins is a guy that he's coached before. So if the, if if he's going for Kirk Cousins and all this other stuff is to move up to ten for Will Levis, who like you said, 
is kind of a project. A guy that, yeah, he run he ran two NFL offenses in college, but he didn't actually run them like the best. He didn't look the greatest in them. So it's like if that's the case. I don't feel comfortable starting him right away. And it's like, okay, are you moving up to get him and have him sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year? I I, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of tough for me, Keith. But this is a pick that, this is a situation that I've heard to keep monitoring on that, that if he starts to slip, that the Vikings, uh, you know, from, you know, people out there in the know that the Vikings have been, had, have had their eyes on a Will Levis because he does fit that Kevin O'Connell scheme. But moving up top 10, man, if he falls into the deep falls to pick 18, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Move up eight picks, seven picks. But moving up like another like 10, 15, nah, that's too little, too much for me. You know me. Too rich for me, baby. It's a little too rich for my blood. Keep for me, man. It was seeing the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders trade back up in the first round to get a quarterback, to get Hendon Hooker, the star quarterback out of Tennessee, Keith. And I think for me, what why this was surprising was I I, I like Hendon. I like what he could be. Um, do I view him as a first-round player? No. Now, do I believe in the, the saying, if this is your guy, go get them. Go get him, right? Perfect. But you also had, what, the seventh pick in the first round, right, Keith? And, and the Raiders, if you, if you really, like, it, it's hard for me to be, like, to believe, man, Hendon Hooker's their guy. Like, so just out of, out of everybody. Would you rather them have been at the number seven pick and been like, you know what, and been ultra aggressive and just go get the number one or the number two pick rather than, you know, taking the number seven pick and then you rather them moving back up into the back end of the first round and taking a flyer on Hendon Hooker? Yeah, I mean, plus, I feel like you could get him the hooker in the second. Like, I feel like he'll, he could be there. If you want to move to the top of the second round. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the thought process as well is that the fifth-year option, right, for a quarterback. Now, to be fair, when he hits that fifth-year option, he's going to be 30 years old. So, let's just, you know, just to put that, that context out there, Hendon Hook's going to be 30 when that fifth-year option comes around because he's already 25. So, I just feel like that was a, a surprising pick to me to see Hendon Hooker landing in Las Vegas, but then moving back into the first round to pick him when I feel like there's other guys that, you know, they, they just could have went. They're at seven. Move to three with, Carol, with with the Cardinals, right? And go get one of the top four top four quarterbacks. Now, again, like I said, it's just a surprise to me. But if Hendon Hooker's their QB1, I mean, Keith, if he's QB1, why not pick him at seven? If that's your top QB. So that's, that's a pick that, that, that really kind of surprised me when I, when I went through the, through the whole draft. I was like, whoa, okay. So they moved back up for a quarterback instead of moving up from seven to get a quarterback. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I look at that from multiple different angles, and you wonder – just because we've been so critical of Josh McDaniels, but I think part yeah. of it is warranted, right? Like outside yeah. of working with Tom Brady in New England and, you know, a little bit with Jimmy G and Matt Castle, I think for, you know, a brief stint, like outside of that is like, who is Josh McDaniels, right? Like how, like what are his decision, you know, like how does, how does his decision making happen, right? Like what does he prefer in a quarterback? Like what is the system? I keep, I continue to say this, man, like the Las Vegas Raiders going into last year, they thought they had a franchise quarterback and an MVP guy. Mm-hmm. Six months later, <laughs> he's not on the roster anymore. He's not right? on the roster. The only thing that changed was the head coach. And so, mm-hmm. I like Josh McDaniels is in a point, and I know he has multiple Super Bowls from being an OC. 
But as a head coach and a, the lead decision maker, he has some things to prove to me when it comes to the quarterback, um, the quarterback room because I want to see how he's able to fit quarterbacks in this situation. And Hendon kind of scares me because we've only seen his most success with that Tennessee scheme, right? So it's like, how accurate is this guy? Like, is he able to drive those 10, 15-yard dig routes? Is he able to, you know, accurate ball placement, back shoulder throws, all of these different things that we just didn't necessarily see? Not that I'm saying that he can't do, but for the Raiders right. to take a gamble on him, I, I just, it'll be a weird fit for me. No, it's t- that's a t- it's a tough call and a tough ask, Keith. But guys, listen, that's mock draft Monday. Chad Reuters mock two point He did four rounds, a lot of trades, a lot of surprises, a lot of stuff that really gonna catch your eye. So check it out, uh, you know. But listen, we appreciate all the love as always, guys. Go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Uh, thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day, Monday through Friday. Tomorrow's episode you know it's tuesday we know we got some this or that and of course it's dames dudes baby we, you already know what time it is so come back in come back in with uh with us tomorrow guys we appreciate everything for keith sanchez you can find him on twitter at the talent code i'm damian parson you find me on twitter at dp underscore nfl come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the lockdown podcast network your team 